Good evening Good evening and welcome everyone to this evening's edition of the Vibrarian Show. My name is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian. I'm your host every Thursday evening on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. And I am so happy that you are tuning in tonight. You can live stream each episode every Thursday night at 9 p.m. If you go to blogtalkradio.com slash the vibrary, that's T-H-E-V is in vibration, I-B-E is in energy, R-A-R-Y. You can also tune in on our show line, which is 646-668-8988. If you're calling and you want to get on to have a message or to join the conversation, just press 1 and I'll get you on as soon as possible. I'd also love it if you join me on my Facebook community. I've got a group of people I'm gathering together that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe because we're here, our vibe attracts our tribe, and um, try to gather people together to share positive information that I hope you find uplifting and helpful, interesting, that brings a smile to your face and just kind of improves your overall outlook. And you can find my Facebook page with the same handle. It's also on Twitter and Instagram, and that's the vibrarian at the vibrarian. T H E V I B E R A R I A N. And yes, I did used to be a librarian, but now I'm working with high vibrational energy, trying to spread the light as far and wide as I can. And this show allows me to do that. I also have a show on Tuesday evenings known as the Psychic Inside Show. And every week I get together with various people who've discovered they have psychic gifts and abilities, and they share their stories. The goal is to help people who may not recognize that you have your own psychic gifts and abilities, and sometimes just hearing other people talk about their experience will trigger something for you, and you'll come into a better understanding of what you may not have even recognized was your own special sauce. (laughs) So I'm so glad that you're tuning in this evening. The conversation every Thursday kind of varies. It depends on what's going on in the community, what the hot issues are, what might be happening uh, in the energy of the planet, of the collective. And so this evening, I want to take up a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and the topic is energy vampires. So energy vampires, I think it's a kind of a self-explanatory kind of word, People have heard this before, and it's starting to get a lot more popular. And basically on uh, the show on Tuesday evening, our guest, uh, my guest was Glenda Emery, a local area psychic here in the Atlanta community. And at one point in the conversation, she was talking about uh, people who drain your energy and getting attachments and things of that nature, um, and that you have to be very diligent to clear your energy. So I was talking with one of the listeners after the show, uh, Monica, who's a regular listener, and we were talking about some of the things we heard, and she said, energy, vampires, we need to talk about that some more. So here I am this evening to have a different conversation where we can go in a little bit more in depth about the nature of these vampires, what they look like, or what the situations look like, because I believe that vampires aren't just in in people, and then ways that we can 
defend ourselves, guard ourselves, protect ourselves, and manage those energies that seek to drain us things that we may not even be aware of. Starting off, we already know that vampires, basically in legend and lore, are little nasty creepies that tend to come out only at night when it's dark, and they are... They come to suck our blood, <laughs> as we always see. So, you know, the blood is our life force energy, and there have been stories written through the years and many horror movies of which I was terrified about uh, vampires and such, and I think True Blood was a series that many, many people like that I just could not watch because I don't have a good tolerance for, for the scary things, but... Vampires basically are um, supernatural. They have the ability to somewhat hypnotize their victims um, so that they can um, sneak up on them, I guess you will, and, um, and or seduce them. They're supposed to have mesmerizing eyes, and you don't want to look a vampire in his eyes because he'll seduce you. And then also there's this, you know, theory that once they start to suck your blood out of your life, they actually inject you with good feelings, good juju, so that you actually are enjoying the experience of them uh, draining you. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, these parallels I'm definitely seeing that they go along with the real-life idea of vampires. So um, one of the other things they say is, well, you got to have garlic to, you know, garlic clothes wrapped around your neck. You always see the poor mishapping person who's going to wind up getting killed anyway, but they have a little necklace of garlic around themselves holding to ward it off, and I think you can – Banish vampires by driving a stake in their heart to get them to die or you expose them to sunlight, you know, things, there's so much lore around vampires. But one of the key things is that they say unless you invite a vampire in, they can't come into your home. And so you are protected. And the, one of the ways that they use their tricks and their wiles to get you to open the door and to actually invite them in, and then they wreak havoc on your reality, and you usually end up dead. So when you look at what vampires then in, in text, terms of cultural understanding in, in the United States with the movies and things of that nature, I'm sure you're starting to hear some of the parallels to what an actual energy vampire then would be rather than a traditional blood-sucking vampire. So an energy vampire is a person, I also add place or situation, that drains your life force energy away from you. Now, we've all had people in our families, in our friend circle, in our friend of a friend circle, in our work environment, in our church environment or community organizations. And when we run across these people, something about them is just damn exhausting, okay? If you've ever met that person who constantly has a health issue, 
that every time, uh, you know, you ask, oh, how are you doing today? You know that there is going to be a terrible story behind how they are not doing well that day. And there are some people where you listen to them and you think, oh, my gosh, you are a walking medical case of terrible illnesses that one right after the other, right after the other, and if it's not that, then it's the wife or the husband or somebody else who, oh, my God, they took ill. Oh, my God, they took that. Oh, my goodness, they lost this. And then they cracked their tooth and then they wrecked their car. And then, oh, my goodness. It's almost like tuning in for a weekly soap opera to see what is going on with their life. On, on. And so a lot of times what will happen is, I know for me, I wound up dreading asking just the common courtesy type questions that you would typically ask in an environment where you would say, oh, you know, how are you doing, you know? And then you find yourself, well, I don't really want to even ask this person how they're doing because I don't think I want to hear the answer. Now, that's kind of hard because you really do. Most of us want to be nice and we want to be open and allow people into our energy. And sometimes if we're in an office space, we don't have a choice but to who we have to share our reality with. But I think everybody can relate that it is just, (laughs) it's draining by the time they finish the 10 or 15 minute story about what is happening in their lives. And I think what we come to learn is that energy is energy. And many people may not understand that they are fueling themselves with negative energy juice (laughs) rather than clear and let it or whatever you want to call it. They're using uh, a fuel that to, to, move themselves through life to give them energy that is a negative return. So when people say to them, oh, my God, that's terrible. Oh, I don't know how you're holding up. Oh, I don't know how you do it. You're just amazing. I can't believe another thing happened wrong to you, and so on and so forth. That actually is energy flowing towards that person. And so all energy ain't good energy, but for some people, energy is just energy, and they'll take what they can get. So, you know, that is kind of uh, an example of a common type of energy that's not necessarily malicious. It's not really intended to harm you. And nine times out of ten, the person who's doing the energy vampiring in that is actually hurting themselves more so they're they're you know they're living in this state of almost like the little um Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh who always sees the rainy cloud or the pessimist or you know the little um little dirty fellow from peanuts who always had a little dust cloud falling all around him everywhere he went so you know those kind of folks, they're living more so in that reality where good things are not happening to them. And so it dusts off on us a little bit, but it doesn't impact us in a way that is as problematic as some of the other kinds of energy vampire situations can be. So what I'm finding or hearing, learning, etc., is that 
there are also people who are very, very skilled at taking sips, little sips of energy from people without maybe being aware that they're doing it and without their victim being aware that they're doing it. And so what that looks like is say you're a person who really likes somebody. You're dating and you have a, um, you know, you're excited to be in a situation with the individual, everything's going good, but then you find that the conversation more so focuses on them more of the time And over a period of time, it will be less and less space for there to be energy exchange, and it turns into a rather imbalanced or can turn into a rather imbalanced dynamic where then everything is focusing, flowing on that person. Some people will call that a narcissistic personality. You know, I'm a little leery about using certain labels because there are actual diagnoses for things that sometimes we use words for a little loosely. You know, your average person is not an actual narcissist, which, you know, can be very much a a terrible kind of psychological situation to deal with on an ongoing basis, much kind of like sociopath or psychopath. Those things we toss around, but, you know, I don't think most of us actually are in situations with any of those type of personalities. But you can be somewhat narcissistic, and quite honestly, a lot of us will take turns because maybe there's something going on in our life that we do need a lot more energy focused at ourselves. And so we go out and connect with people because we're going to get that kind of healthy support that we need and all hands on deck, let's work out what I got going on. I need your opinion. I need your ideas. I need your energy supporting me and helping me. But what happens is we manage those situations and then we move back into a balanced dynamic then where there is back to the normal even flow. And then here's one of the key things. When someone else then goes through their I need you to see me moment, we are available for them in their time of crisis as well. So it's an exchange of energy. But what happens in a vampire situation then is that there is a decreasing energy exchange to where it slowly becomes very much focused on the one person in the dynamic or the group situation and no one else is having an opportunity for their energy to be returned back to them. And so Unfortunately, I would have to say in my earlier, in my dating years, well, I'm a Libra, first of all. So balance is one of those things that Libras have to learn how to do. And at one point in time when I was in my marriage, it was not very good at the time. But what I felt was that I was not getting the support. I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody, and my friends were there for me, but I was just not, I guess, comfortable being able to express to them that I was having the challenges that I was having because I was, you know, embarrassed and felt, you know, terrible about the failure of my marriage and all those things like that. But um, 
I had to learn how to balance then because, you know, I had for many years been the go-to person for people who wanted advice about something. I mean, Libras tend to be rather balanced and non-judgmental, so people tend to call you and ask your questions. But what I felt was that I was not getting back the energy when I needed it, but yet and still I wasn't opening my mouth <laughs> to get the support that I needed from people. So I allowed myself to get into a dynamic because I did not speak my feelings. I didn't speak my truth. I didn't stand up and ask for that that I needed. I just kind of sat there in this poor me kind of dynamic and felt very trapped. And that's when I really first started learning about how I had given away my power to various circumstances and people and I was a shell of my former self at that point because literally the life had been sucked out of me. And I, well, I'd given it up. It's like I'd open a vein and said, anybody who's a vampire, come on, have a feast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to learn how to take all that in and then readjust so that I learned to recognize healthy dynamics versus unhealthy dynamics. And so that's been like a over a decade or so ago, and I'm still learning more and more about how to recognize those energy drains that might be attached to me. So I, I unfortunately, and this is probably going to sound like a whole lot of gender bias, but I feel that when people date, a lot of times one member of the couple tends to start to focus on the other party to where their goals and dreams become your goals and dreams. Your likes and dislikes become their likes and dislikes. And I'm not talking about the usual kind of, oh, I'm excited about this because here's something new that we can share together. I'm talking about a total radical change of self-identity to where you then align yourself to be that other person's energy. And yet, and still then you will starve yourself in their presence because you have not cultivated a balanced give and take because you are so willing to give your energy in the interest of keeping the situation going. Now, one of the parallels and reasons why I say that energy vampires can be more than just people is because I believe that our jobs can be energy vampires, all right? So let's say you're the typical person who, in, who goes to work in a big city like Atlanta. You're going to spend time on the road to getting to your job. You're going to spend time getting ready for your job. Then you're going to go to your job, work your job. Then you're going to spend time getting home from the job. And then you're going to spend time get, getting yourself unwound from the job so that you can get enough rest and be prepared to go back to it the next day, to try to refuel yourself in and around the pieces of your day that are not blocked out from a work schedule. Now, we can enjoy our jobs and be passionate about what we do, but some of the things that we do then or we allow for our employers to do in terms of the conditions that we have can wind up turning it into a vampire 
type of situation. Let's say, for example, your employer expects you to be on call, and so there's always an awareness or you have to check your email or you have to stay tuned in even after work hours. And many people are experiencing that because we're in a, I'm going to date myself now, we're in a BlackBerry kind of corporate world, okay, where once that smartphone came up, then our employers started to see that we need to be available and responsive and more jobs turned on call. But if you know then that you will have to answer that email or that phone, or let's say you don't technically have to. All of us have been in situations where you may not have to do something, but you understand the expectations of you, and you know your butt better answer that email or at least understand what you're getting ready to walk into the next day. So the fact that you have to at least be aware on some level that you didn't leave work at home, that your laptop is sitting there waiting for some extra stuff that you really could be doing, that is an energy vampire. It's very subtle, and most of us give our energy over freely because that's how we make our living then. If we need to pay bills, we need to pay rent or our mortgage, we have to help our kids, all you know, support ourselves, make our car payments, then we basically are inviting that vampiric dynamic, if that's what our employer is like, into our reality. So it's harder to banish those kinds of invitations once you've allowed something to get entrenched because one thing, we become tied to that. Um, They are tied to us, and nine times out of ten, they're getting more from us than what we are getting from them. And I think any business owner will tell you, well, that's how you make money. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, money is another form of energy vampirism can happen very easily in your monetary world. So we've got your relationship world, we've got your work world, which is tied to your money, so money is energy. If you work a certain number of hours to receive your compensation, and then you turn around and say you spend um, on an iPhone, let's say the new iPhone is $1,000, and you turn around and you spend that $1,000, maybe not all at once, maybe you put it on the payment plan, the equipment plan that that T-Mobile has their little, you can make payments on it, no problem, we'll get you whatever you want plan, right? So you got to figure out then how much energy are you exchanging of your life, what number of work hours do the material things that you are investing in cost you? If your hourly rate, say, and I'm terrible at math, so I don't even know why I'm trying to calculate this. Let's say for calculations sake, for my simple math self, you make $100 an hour. So in order to buy that iPhone, you have to spend 10 hours of your work energy for that object. Now, if you multiply iPhones by clothing, home goods, 
material possessions, um, anything that you're spending on to in, enjoy yourself, to live, live a life of comfort, uh, whatever it is that you're choosing to do. Many of us are in vampire dynamics because we will turn our money over to things that then we either wind up throwing away or underutilizing or not necessarily needing but wanting them. So you basically, you know, if you had an iPhone, I don't know, what are we on, 7, and you were getting along fine with an iPhone 7, and you get an iPhone 8, well, you just agreed that 10 hours of your hard-earned time is worth getting that iPhone 8 into your hand. Now, for some people, they'll be like, yeah, I don't see what the problem with that is. But if it winds up being that you are carrying balances on credit cards, if you are robbing Peter to pay Paul, any of those indicators, um, you know, if your lights aren't turned on but you have an iPhone, any of those things would be very strong indicators that you are allowing your energy you're giving your energy, not even allowing, you're giving your energy to those things and allowing them to drain you. If you could imagine what you could do in 10 hours of not working, most of us would love to be somewhere for 10 hours and we have to work a certain number of time and hours in order to get enough time to take 10 hours off somewhere on vacation. You know what I'm saying? But we're spending hours of our time on a whim um, many, many times without even being aware that we have just allowed some of our energy to be drained from us in monetary form. Another way that we have energy exchange is through our attention. Energy goes where attention goes, energy flows, right? So, I was watching the show American Gods on Showtime, and I read the book by Neil Gaiman many years ago. I thought it was really, really good, and the Showtime adaptation has been rather wild. But in one situation, the the new gods, uh, one of the new gods of, of the world was media, and it was represented by this Lucille Ball-like caricature who was basically saying that media is a god because anything that people devote their time, money, and energy to can become like a god. Just like if you go to church for a couple hours on Sunday, if you tithe and put money in the offering plate, you devote your time and resources to a regular church and a god-like uh, being, if you are going to your couch and sitting on your couch and you're paying your cable bill and you're engrossed in, in TV three or four hours a day or more or it's just constantly on, then your attention is going to be flowing to it and therefore you have elevated that thing, according to the show, to the level of godlike in your life priorities. So... Most people will find, if they're off from work, say they're sick, 
they'll find out that there's a whole lot of nothing on TV in the middle of the day. You can see commercials, 1-800-911, and call King and King. You can see all kind of legal commercials. You can see all the judges and all their shows. You can see all the daytime talk shows. But most people, after a couple of days of that, will say, oh, my God, there's nothing on TV. And yet, they don't turn the TV off. Why is that? Because TV has been programmed to make you give it attention and energy. So the show, it splits right before the commercial in a way that makes you want to stay through the commercial until it starts up again so you can see what just happened, the little cliffhanger, right? And if you don't believe me, I challenge you to watch an episode of Law and Order and see how many of them you wind up watching before you're able to peel yourself away from the couch. Maybe it's just me. Maybe Law and Order is my special little juice, you know what I'm saying? But as soon as I hear that little sound at the beginning, I'm like, oh, what's about to happen? And, of course, they run the credits of the previous one faster and start the next one before you can run to the kitchen, run to the bathroom, break your attention away from it because they've gotten very good at understanding the way the brain works and people's behaviors work, they've gotten very good at being vampires. But most of us easily spend um, more than 10 hours a week in front of the television. I mean, ask anybody where they are on Thursday night, and it's two or three hours straight with um, Shonda Rhimes TV, um, what's her name, Olivia Pope, Grey's Anatomy, that whole little situation. Now, I used to be an HBO person. You catch me from 8 to midnight on Sunday night when HBO first was really hitting us with the Sopranos and Sex in the City and all this. Had no problem sitting in front of the TV for hours at a time. Where did that time go then? Away. My energy that I could have been doing for other things was sucked away from me. So... I personally, in my more present life, am more judicious about what I will give my attention on TV to because I don't want my life to be missed out on because I'm parked on the couch in front of television. And one way that I definitely, (laughs) I'm not a fan of your average reality show. Love and Hip Hop. Uh, I don't. I can't even remember some of the names of some of the shows of that because I'm like, well, who are the people, and why is their life so wonderful that I want to halt my life in order to pay attention to what they're doing? Why would I want to follow Honey Boo Boo and her life? You know, um, and I'm kind of upset that I even have to know certain names without even watching the shows because they've become such a part of permanent culture here in the United States. But if you imagine you're sitting there watching two hours of Real Housewives of whatever county they're in today, um, and you're spending two hours watching them fight and have drama and have ugliness and strife and stress and backstabbing, you're now spending two hours not living your life 
watching other people live their life, and I just don't get it. So I label things like that energy vampires too. Now, some people may disagree and say, you know what, all those things, they don't mean anything. They're just entertainment. It's just this. It's just that. But if you were to take a day-to-day chart and really look at the hours that you spend, let's say you have that friend who every day calls you and you know your phone is going to ring at 5 o'clock when it's commute time, and they're going to tell you for the whole drive home, they're going to dump and dub and talk about themselves and pull your energy and draw you into their reality and use up your time and energy on the same thing that they've been talking to you about every six months when they enter these cycles that they're in. If you were to log, then I spent, say I woke up at 6, and I started getting ready for my employer from 6, and then I arrived at work at 8. Did I have any personal time of just being me and not giving my energy to anything other than me between 6 and 8? Some people might. Other people may not because they have children and responsibilities. And I'm not saying that children are energy vampires because, you know, we have to put energy to them because they're what we nurture. Although if you have children who are demanding or might be what people call spoiled, then you can have let them turn into little energy vampires too. But that's a topic for another show. So, you know, you get to work, you work from 8 to 4, and your employer has your whole attention. So now you're already at eight hours, ten hours of your 24-hour day that is focused on other energies, giving your energy to other things, not yourself. Now, you can have enjoyment of your job, and maybe your eight hours doesn't feel like work, and you're really, really enjoying it. You know, you're passionately involved, you feel appreciated and valued, you have good work-life balance, and when you leave at 4 o'clock, then you are good and you had a great day and it's gone. So, you know, some people may or may not count that eight hours, but then you've got your commute time again. And then you've got your what do I need to do to relax myself from my job when I get home? How long before I turn back from out of my Hulk uh, personality from all the stress that I've dealt with to a normal person. And what do I do in order to do that? Do I veg out on the couch or do I go walking and enjoy nature? Um, do I get on the phone again as soon as I get home and listen to the next person who's getting ready to call me and talk about their woes, blues, dramas, trials, and issues? Um, and then we wind up falling into bed at some point and trying to rest in order to get up and rinse and repeat the next day. I think that if we start to look at where are these attachments, like where are we draining, where is what we're doing healthy and where is what we're doing bordering, bordering on unhealthy and possibly siphoning away our energy. Now, I'm the guest on the show Tuesday, Glenda, she spoke about how every day she wakes up and she immediately grounds, protects herself. And before she clears attachments on a daily basis, 
because she says anything, any circ situation, we're energetic beings and we were out there emitting a frequency all the time and other things are always emitting their frequency all the time. So you have to clear all of that with diligence in order to um, keep yourself as neutral as possible so that each day you don't then get, I guess, grimy. I think she talked about kind of having a, a, a layer of things over you, almost like a veil that you don't want to get. Now, I know that I've had Reiki treatments, and I'm also a Reiki uh, practitioner, and one of the things that I love about it, my my favorite Reiki uh, practitioner is Lucy Lee, who's in the Atlanta area here. If you ever have an opportunity to look her up, please do. Uh, She was my teacher and one of the strongest healers that I've ever experienced, and Cord cutting is something that she offers and many other practitioners and healers will do is attachment release and cord cutting. So cord cutting basically scans your auric field and sees where you might have attachments. And depending on how the Reiki practitioner works, they may actually receive information from the energy that they are sensing and kind of probe you is to say, well, do you have an ex? Did you quit a job? What's your, you know, what kind of relationships do you have? And sometimes they'll just say, well, you know, it's it's near your third chakra, your solar plexus chakra. I see an energetic drain. You're leaking. And so they can cut those places where your energy is being siphoned out or draining away Sometimes we allow it to drain away and it's not even going to anybody. It's just seeping out of us like from an open wound rather than being sucked out of us by a vampiric energy. So Reiki healing is a wonderful way to at least understand what it feels like with to receive an energetic clearing and a cord cutting from a practitioner. Because there, I promise you there's not anything like feeling and recognizing for yourself the next day or later that evening after you've had a Reiki session to be able to say, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I didn't even know that I had this attachment on me. I didn't even know that I was losing energy that much, but I just rested so much better. I just felt so much more refreshed when I woke up the next morning. Nine times out of ten, that's what most people will say. Now, um, I also advise if you can get, uh, if you have time, take a Reiki class, Reiki Level 1. Reiki is universal life force energy, and you just learn the principles behind allowing it to flow through you in a method that has been passed down from teacher to teacher over many, many years, and Reiki practitioners are found everywhere. You can easily take in just a few hours the level one class and get yourself kind of attuned, get your chakras lined up and open, and start to be more aware of your own energy. I highly recommend it. But let's say you don't want to spend a Saturday afternoon learning that. What are some other ways that you can work to clear attachments from yourself energetically? One of my favorites is to use salt water. Now, this could be Epsom salt, sea salt. I keep a big gulp from um, like Quick Trip, like a big 32-ounce 
uh, thing. I have one that I try to use to drink water because, you know, we got to keep ourselves hydrated. And the other thing is I keep one where I'm showering or bathing with some salt because I'll just throw a little salt in it and rinse off at the end of the day. Or I you know, tell people all the time, if you are leaving from a work environment where there's a lot of demand on you, we need this from them, we need that from them, and you're basically tearing yourself away from the connection when it's time for you to leave for the day. And the only reason you're tearing yourself away is because you know if you don't, you'll get stuck in traffic or you have an evening appointment, but you know you still have so much more work you could be doing and you know your boss is going to be looking over you the next day. All that is like vampire attachments, just pulling your energy somewhere, but you want to be somewhere else. I say keep a bottle of salt water and a washcloth or paper towel in your car. When you get in there, wipe your face off and the back of your neck and your hands, your neck. Just wipe yourself down with some salt water. And most people will say they feel like, whew, okay, now I can think again. Now I can calm myself. I can refresh and refocus. And now I'm just me. Okay, I'm about to drive home. Or when you get done with your commute, do it before you walk in your house or first thing when you walk in your house. And that can include doing that for your children Rather than waiting until evening bath time when they first come in from school, wash them down, you know, give wipe their faces off, put some salt water on it, you know, and wipe them off a little bit. Of course, rinse it. We don't want them getting ashy or dry skin. But go ahead and rinse them off because all day they've been dealing with other little kids in their classroom. And they've had to focus on the teacher. They've had to focus on what little Timmy was doing, a little Susie next to them. So there's a lot of ways that kids could be drawing energy from each other. You know, if there's a class clown, then they're acting out in ways that all the other little kids will focus their energy on them rather than on the teacher. So there's lots of competing things for children as well. So help them out. Get them cleared and grounded when they come into the house in the evening. And your whole evening will find itself shifting. Um, Another thing that I've learned is um, I learned this from the Viva Institute from uh, their psychic development class. The instructor is um, Lee Hopkins and Echo Bodine. Um, And one of the exercises they have you do is you You envision yourself, uh, just for a few minutes, envision yourself standing and imagine a white sheet entering below your body, like maybe five or six feet below your body. And as you slowly imagine that white sheet moving up till it touches the bottom of your feet, and then moving up slowly, slowly through your body, and as it moves up through your energy, it is pulling on top of the sheet all of the gook, all of the negativity. I release that which does not serve me. I let go of that which is not mine. You can just envision basically becoming clearer and clearer. And then when you finally get it, you know, it should take five or plus minutes for you to do But just imagine it continues to raise up, and as it does, 
you smell like fresh sheets outside. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of feeling I always would get when I do that is that I would finally, um, you take the sheet and imagine it above your head then, taking everything up into a bundle over your head, six feet up. Tie it up in your virtual mind and then throw it away. Or you can hit it with the violet flame and imagine the violet flame just burning it. The violet flame is uh, purifying, healing energy. It's very powerful. Uh, St. Germain, you can look up St. Germain and the violet flame if you would like to know more. There are plenty of meditations on YouTube that use the energy of the violet flame. But go ahead and release all the crud, and you can imagine all the dust bunnies and the the lint and the things that you would find if you ran a white glove across your floor or something like that. Imagine doing that with your body with this white sheet and then releasing it. You can also ask for the help of the archangels to say, you know, cut the cords, any cords or attachments that are not for my best and highest good and loving interest, please cut those and heal me from any issues that are causing me to seek out those vampiric connections. Um, Because a lot of times, sometimes we're operating out of a wound where we don't even realize that we are having an, a need. Like vampires, they know who their victims, who to target. They know who is going to be susceptible to their powers. And that's the same way with all of the other types of energy vampires. You know, if a person is, is um, self-absorbed, then they're going to find someone who is willing to turn all their time and attention to them. Uh, you know, if this person is uh, always in drama and negativity and crisis and they want energy of sympathy, then they're going to find that person who has a heart for the world that is always so upset by what they hear about another person's reality because then it feels better to them when they see that you're hurting as, as much as they are about their situation. If it's an employer, they're going to find the people who are most needy. Most of the times, most of the abuses that we have in the workplace come from uh, dynamics where um, we are less empowered. Like the more you need your job, the more your job is probably going to take advantage of that. And uh, we see that a lot of times with the whole um, um, minimum wage jobs. Those are folks who have like the worst schedules, uh, who don't have a lot of um, say-so in their time, who don't get breaks, who, you know, have like the most hazardous working conditions and take stuff home with them or have to spend more time getting to their job. Um, So because there's a power imbalance, so because we need what they give us, Well, they need what we give them too, but uh, they'll find other people to give it to them if we don't comply, you know. So, again, we have to look at healing anything that we might have that is causing us to be victim of vampire energy. And that can be, you know, heal my financial situation, heal my personal 
self-esteem heal and ground me so that I am not susceptible to being taken advantage of by other energetic experiences. Let me feel safe and content and happy without having to have the latest, greatest technology because I'm in danger of giving away my energetic power if I am trying to soothe myself by buying my happiness of self, you know. So healing is one thing we can ask for. We can ask for protection, and uh, I think Archangel Michael is one that he uses his sword of protection to guard against any energies that might uh, seek you out. Heal with Archangel Raphael. I mean, there's any number of energies that are available to us with shoring up our protection, and it all really does start with inner awareness. So one thing that's hardest to deal with is people dynamics. A lot of times a vampire person is very, very, very good at what they do. So how can you manage that? I know that one of the hardest things for people to do is to let friendships go. We begin to experience the feeling of obligation. We've been friends for so long. Oh, you know, but we've known each other for 20 years. Oh, but our kids are friends with each other. Oh, but, you know, um, any number of reasons that we feel that we have to stay attached to imbalanced energy situations. But everything must and should change. And I can guarantee you that if you move yourself out of a vampire dynamic with the person who you have considered to be friends, more often than not, they are probably not reciprocating in the friendship energy to you. It is more of a one-sided dynamic. And if you let that go peacefully and go with love, it doesn't have to be anything that is terrible or tragic, but I guarantee you that if you then set an intention to only be in balanced and healthy dynamics, then you will not attract someone to take the place of that vampire energy going forward. Now, you can, you know, some people just always have a dramatic friend in their reality, you know, where somebody who's got a soap opera lifestyle. But so you have to, you know, look at yourself and say, well, why do I like this? Why, why do I keep drawing this, you know, to myself? And um, I think one day, <laughs> one day a few years ago, a good friend of mine, well, the roommate that I had at the time was really wilding out. And I had a good time at certain times because we would be wilding out together, you know. So it was kind of fun for a period of time. I was having great times. But there were some other things that were a little not what I was used to that always wound up happening in terms of drama, problems, issues, scandals, all manner of stuff, folk getting jumped on, people coming to look for people. It was just a lot. And one day I was telling a friend of mine, and and, uh, she said to me, Joel, you are a librarian. What are you doing? And I 
started laughing because I had to stop for a minute and say, you know what, okay, wait. This really isn't my life and my energy. I never had these experiences before I started hanging out with these this person. I was never in danger being locked up. I was never skirting around issues that were rather gray in the eyes of the law, you know, and I was being drawn into those dynamics. And she kind of gave me a shake, like, okay, get yourself together. You don't even realize it feels good because you're out having an enjoyable time, but here's this energy vampire, and they're about to get you messed up. And I always giggle and laugh about that because I was kind of out of my lane, but I got sucked into it because it was fun. We say the road to hell is paid with good intentions and good times, (laughs) and I definitely was experiencing that. (laughs) It still makes me chuckle. But, um, you know, peacefully detaching from relationships, there is absolutely nothing wrong with not being friends with someone anymore. You know, it really isn't. And I'm I'm thankful that I'm at the age I'm at. I'm 45, about to be 46, because in my 30s and and early 40s, it was a period of adjustment of friends. And my friend circle and associate circle now looks a lot smaller than what it did maybe 20 years ago when I was 25. And I'm good with that. And there have been some endings of friendships that were a decade or more into it. And, you know, it just was what it was at the time. It might have been a little painful, but honestly, my life improved afterwards once I removed those dramatic personalities from my reality. Now, I will say one type of personality that's very, very hard to remove is the passive vampire. This would be the person who always feels like there's something going on. But when you ask them, how are you doing? Are you okay? They don't have anything to say. No, I'm good. Everything's all right. But you can hear in their energy and their voice that there's nothing wrong. I mean, that there's something wrong. Or maybe it's somebody who is brooding and feels angry all the, you know, their energy seems like they're mad. And you'll, you're like, well, what's going on? Are, are you upset with me? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. But you know clearly that their behavior is showing that there's something not necessarily good happening. So over and over again, you try to reach out to that person. And then you call other people, is something wrong with so-and-so? And then that person calls the person, are you okay? And that person still is like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. That's kind of a passive uh, way of being an energy vampire because they're an enigma. No one ever really knows what's going on, but everybody's asking. Everybody's trying to see Everybody's trying to send energy that way and say, how are you doing? That's a form of vampirism because it's flowing towards them, but never is there anything flowing back out. You know, that's a really good test of whether a situation is vampiring or not. Is there energy flowing back or is it one-sided? Is all my energy going in the direction of my 
employer, my partner, my friends, or is there something in coming back to me that I can say is of equal or comfortable value? You know, um, there's so many subtle ways. Um, picking fights, people who, uh, you know, when things are going fine, then they got to have something to be upset about. And next thing you know, they're huffy and puffy and they've got a chip on their shoulder. That's another form of position yourself to be a vampire because people will always try to calm you down. If you're a highly tempered person, then people tiptoe around you and make sure, are you okay? We don't want to make you upset. Are you okay? You know, and so, again, that can be a dynamic where folks are focusing towards you. And I'm not saying that everybody doesn't have a little bit of energy vampire in them because we do. Hopefully it's situational, though, and we just need a little bit of juice for a little bit of time, and then we get back onto our own. But it's very easy to get yourself into a dynamic where uh, you just weren't even aware of it, but now you're being drained. What does being drained be like? You don't have energy for yourself. You're not able to get the amount of sleep that you need. You're not able to take care of your own personal needs and details and life task lists. They're always on the back burner, saved to the last minute because you're doing all these things for other people, situations, and things. Um, Paying yourself last and coming up short would be an indicator of that. Um, When you have a a high level of stories and details about someone's situation, and it's not your own, but you know it like it is your own, or you feel invested in it like it is your own, then you might be falling under the spell of a vampire dynamic. And again, not everybody is intentionally being vampires, the subtle ones are, you know, but um, most of us may not even be aware that we are in our vampire mode. We may not be, we, you know, what's the, some of the, uh, what is the interview with the vampire? I think one of the vampires didn't even know they were dead yet. <laughs> so they were like not accepting that they were a vampire. They thought they were still alive. Some people are not accepting that they're a vampire. They're like, no, I'm not. I don't do that. That's not me. Most of our employers would be like, well, that's not us. We pay you a fair wage. Just do your job. Um, You know, but knowing then and recognizing that you may not think that you are, but I experienced you as that, and I'm detaching myself from that. Now, we don't have to make a big speech about it. We don't have to go tell this person about themselves I mean, think about it. If you tell us, sit in front of a vampire and say, you're a vampire, that's probably the last thing you say because the vampire is going to get you because <laughs> you're face-to-face with the vampire, you know. I'm not saying that you need to be uh, dishonest or not be forthright, but you don't necessarily have to explain yourself or try to make a rational position to explain to the person or the employer the situation that they are being vampiric to you. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is shift yourself 
And in some cases, the only way to unentangle yourself is to just do it without even talking to the person, you know, because in talking to them, then that gives an opportunity for their them to use their skills again to gaslight or position themselves to continue to keep getting your energy. You know, I have a couple friends, like one friend, her ex calls her to talk about his life, but she's really very angry about him uh, because of the way that their relationship ended. She doesn't really want to talk to him, and she certainly doesn't want to talk to him to be the emotional support that she was for him when they were together in their relationship. But she feels like she needs to talk to him when he calls because they have children together and they need to co-parent. But every time the conversation veers outside of the co-parenting or he'll spend time talking about everything else before he gets to the issue of co-parenting because he's still trying to get her nurturing attention and energy. And nine times out of ten, he's saying something rather goading and nasty to see if he can get an emotional reaction from her simply because he wants some kind of energy, some kind of response. And usually he gets it, and she winds up being upset when they get off the phone or whatnot. And it's been very challenging for her to cut that connection because of the business needs of managing their children, but she's finding ways to do it and doing a lot of energetic Managing it from the 5D side of managing her energy and intention from a vibrational standpoint so that it's just not going to happen as frequently. He's still going to probably keep seeking it, but she's just not going to be vibrating at a level to receive it because she's become empowered and it's like, nope, I'm not spending 15 minutes of my time to give you energy about stuff I don't even care about, you know. Um, and all of us have people who we find ourselves, when we look at the phone, we think, oh, my God, it's them again. They're going to tell me, yeah, I'm going to have to, if I pick up the phone, it's 30 minutes, right? Well, you can detach yourself from that friendship. You truly can. Nothing is permanent, and it's truly up to you to navigate yourself. And, you know, I've been around people and sometimes people think they're short or abrupt or like, dang, that was rude. They just left. But you know what? If they got out of Dodge and there was a vampire situation, then, you know, they were preserving themselves in the way that they feel that they need to. And it may only look harsh to us, but it was necessary to them. And so, you know, um, I'm not saying you you should curse people out and then be mean to them and then be nasty to them in order to get them to not contact you. But you certainly, you know, especially the the more sneaky kind of vampire type things um, definitely are harder to detach from. And sometimes you might find yourself doing things you do think are somewhat rude under any other circumstance, but the person is just not necessarily catching the message and you need to close the door firmly in in their face in terms of your energy exchange with them. Um, You know, another way that people encounter energy vampires is, let's say, um, a person always wants you to call them or connect with them. I didn't hear from you. I need to hear from you. 
I didn't get a call from you today. I didn't hear from you. We didn't get together today. And then you find yourself changing to say, okay, I'm going to go because I know they really want to be with me today. And I want so these I call little, uh, one of my friends call them octopus tentacles. And they can be very subtle because you'll, at a place you'll be like, I'm enjoying this at first. And then next thing you know, it becomes, well, I didn't hear from you this morning. We didn't have our normal morning phone call. And then I didn't hear from you before we went to bed. And it was the weekend and we didn't see each other. I didn't hear from you over my lunch break, right? All those kind of little soft, smushy connections that we make with people can turn into vampires. I mean, if you wind up then feeling stressed or concerned or the person feels stressed or concerned because they didn't hear from you in the morning time or on your lunch break or on your evening time, you know, you're creating a condition or a dynamic then where you are promising your energy, setting an expectation that your energy will go to that person or they have a right then to be upset because they didn't hear from you or to be worried because they didn't hear from you. You basically invited a vampire type of dynamic. Not even the other person may not actually be the vampire. You may be being the vampire, you know, saying, well, I need your attention to know that we're connected. You know, that's an easy way that people wind up getting into dynamics. And for some people, it's very comfortable. Don't get me wrong. You might enjoy your morning time chit-chats and your lunchtime chit-chats and your evening time, Um, and it's easy for you to exchange it. It makes you excited, uplifted, and more positive. But when it turns into a situation where you're stressing or if it doesn't happen, you're feeling low or they're feeling low and they're blowing up your phone because they didn't hear from you, then those are signs that there is a leak somewhere and your energy is being siphoned off or you're seeking someone else's energy to fill a hole within yourself. And you should examine those things, again, from a standpoint of healing them so that it doesn't create the unhealthy aspect that can emerge in those dynamics. So, you know, I've been talking quite extensively here about the whole uh, types of energy vampires that are out there, the ways that you can possibly deal with the situations. And um, I've got some callers who have been holding on listening this evening. And, of course, one of my most uh, regular supporters is Monica. I see you've been tuned in this evening. Thanks so much for bringing up this topic on Tuesday. Um, And do you have any, you know, commentary about energy vampires that you've dealt with, Monica, or tips for our listeners (laughs) to manage that? Oh, that we had Monica on the line. I'll check back in with her in just a moment. For the rest of the callers who are aligning on, who are listening, I'm so happy that you are uh, tuning in this evening. We're here every Thursday evening on the Vibrarian Show. Um, and so we're talking about energy vampires and ways that you can manage that successfully to cut those ties and attachments. And, you know, our our guests 
on the Psychic Inside show oftentimes are dealing with kind of more intense kinds energy attachments. And our calm guests on Tuesday, Glenda and Emery, and a few of the other guests that we've had on actually go out and deal with more serious types of energetic attachments that people are unable to clear on their own. Um, and so um, she spoke some on the show on Tuesday about different instances where she was, where she herself had experienced an attachment that she didn't even know and had to basically, I guess the one of the common terms for it would be like a exorcism. I don't necessarily like that word, and I don't know that she necessarily did either, but uh, she had to call in some heavy-duty firepower to deal with an attachment that came. Um, just like um, there are people who um, who do this for a living, living um, well, they'll go into your home and remove an attachment like a discarnate or an inner, um, energetic clearing in order to release people who might have something that was from a previous owner or previous on the land. Um, um, So in those cases, you might find yourself needing to, um, to call in a professional, to have your house cleared, to have your energy cleared, especially if you're feeling um, where you just can't shake it, like you've gone through your friends, you've gone through your life, you've gone through your situations and circumstances, and you kind of made sure everything is clear, you've done your cord cutting, you're saging, you're crystalling, all those things, but yet you're still feeling like something is draining you then that would be the time to definitely seek the help of a Reiki practitioner or a psychic who might find out that there's something in a dimension that you're not necessarily familiar with um, in, order to, in order to help you release that. So um, I definitely, I've thankfully, knock on wood and all that, uh, continue my little protective bubble, Thank goodness I don't think I've ever encountered any kind of negative energy attachment to me personally to that level. I've done a lot of personal work in clearing to make sure that I'm functioning from a place of healing so that I don't have attachments and things of that nature on an ongoing basis. But it's really impossible to stay attachment-free. And I think that's why Glenda talked about um, clearing every day because you are going to pick up stuff, but you got to let it back down before you uh, continue your evening and rest and turn yourself off, so to speak. So I do have another caller on the line. I'm going to see if we're able to connect here. Caller, is this Jacqueline? Are you able to hear me? Oh, I'm having technical difficulties getting my callers on the air this evening. I see people listening in. I would love to have you come on and share your energy vampire tips and tricks if you're out there. So just give a holler if you do get on the line. And do I have Monica on the line now? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) I am here. Hey. 
Hey, hey yeah. Well, thanks so much for dropping this topic for us to talk about this evening. I wanted to check in with you and see what you have to share about energy vampires. Well, first, I want to say I so appreciate the first whole hour of the show because you went systematically and broke it down, you know, just going from energy vampires to how it doesn't necessarily have to be a human. It could be habits, you know, and different things like that or even your job. So I do appreciate that. And for me, um, I've dealt with energy (laughs) vampires, seems like, all my life. And it was I never had a name for it. I just knew that when I was around certain people that they would suck all the good, you know what I mean? You'd come in and you'd be in a good mood and everything would be great and you'd get around that person and it would just suck the joy clean out you. <laughs> and when you leave that person, you're feeling all the mess that they came in the room carrying Now you're carrying, and they're like skipping out the room like, I'm good now, because they have all your wonderful energy, and you're stuck with theirs. So um, Mm -hmm. it's been um, a learning process for me. And just like you said, you know, in cutting off certain people, when you realize that that that's what they do, giving yourself enough space to be able to either cut the energy or learn how to maneuver or um, what is what I'm looking for, um, sanction the, the, the amount of energy you're willing to put out, you know, mm-hmm. or give to that person. And, and until you're able to learn how to control what you're putting out, you know what I mean, then you come into a position where you can literally kind of shut yourself off. Even if you're around that person, I'm just not going to feed into that. I'm just not going to give them that kind of energy. I'll let them keep their energy. I'll keep my good energy, and we're all good. So, but I so think it's like it's really healthy boundaries. <laughs> Having yeah, healthy boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And that and applies me, to relationships or work-life exactly. boundaries. Like when I leave work, I leave my work at work. When I, you know, when the kids go to bed, the kids stay in bed because it's time for them to stay in bed and it's time for me to be me, you know. Um, Healthy boundaries apply across the board. I'm not going to spend my money in unhealthy ways or my time in unhealthy ways. I'm going to have healthy boundaries and not sit and watch a TV for eight hours at a time, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Do you think that relationships... Do you Mm -hmm. think that when you were dating many, 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 many moons ago, since you were an old married lady, did you think (laughs) that it was a lot of energy vampire dynamics that are happening in the dating uh, world? Oh, my goodness. That's the actual den. You know what I mean? That is literally the den. You know, uh, what you talked about true blood and you know, they had a couple times where they showed you the little place where, you know, all the vampires were hanging out. And they would bring in, you know, people that they would feed off. You know what I mean? And I look at mm-hmm. dating in the same kind of way because you're trying to find that balance 
But, you know, especially nowadays, everybody is out for what they can get. You know what I mean? And, you know, the one-night stand is definitely the, the way to go. You know what I mean? And in that quick second, that person can suck everything from you and leave you stagnant and you don't even know what happened to you. So, you know, I, I encountered that a lot when I was um, was dating. And, you know, just being 100% truthful, you can find that just as well in as many marriages and, you know, long-term relationships also. You know, we want to say it's a 50-50 and there's supposed to be a balance, but we all know that that's not necessarily the truth, you know, sometimes it falls more on a percentage on the other person than it does on the other. So, you know, I mean, in that dynamic, it is easy to fall into being an, an energy vampire. And that was one of the things I like that you touched on, you know, almost, rec- you know, being able to recognize and look yourself in the mirror and say, oh, is that me? A- am mm-hmm. I the one <laughs> sucking energy out of people and not really understanding, you know, what I'm doing and being able to get the understanding understanding or the knowledge to be able to see why you're an energy vampire. Vampires suck blood because they have no blood left. You know what I mean? They're Mm -hmm. cold, they're dead, and they suck human blood because they need it. Mm-hmm. And they turn into a shell and a husk when they don't get their due. So, you know, it's very similar for people. And as you were saying wow. that, I was thinking about another example in American Gods. <laughs> that show is oh, wild. My I actually watch it. <laughs> so the one god, uh, goddess, an old goddess, received her energy from being uh, sexually desired. And at a certain point in her existence, the energy towards her faded because people lost the old ways and the old knowledge and the practice. So what happened Mm -hmm. is that one of the new gods showed her what tender was. And she began, she was old and decrepit looking. And she got on tender and she was back on deck again where people were giving her energy of desire, of sexual interest, of arousal, wanting to get with her. And she enlivened back up and got all hot and young looking again and was back on Mm -hmm. deck. And I think Mm -hmm. about our whole selfie focus, not not just selfies because selfies is a, a different dynamic. But if we look at the ways that individualism, women, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. women are sexually uh, objectified. If you get on Instagram, the accounts that have the biggest following are the chicks who are wearing barely their clothes, showing their bosoms and their booties, yeah. and as close to skirting the the Instagram user rules as you possibly can be, and they have nothing but um, uh, post after post after post after post after post, like, dang, I want to hit that. Girl, you fine. If you was mine, I would sex you all night. Just ooh, energy, energy to the thousand. And mm-hmm. I had um, a young nephew that was staying with me at one point in time. He was 16 years old when he got there, 17 when he left. And when he got here, I think he wound up having, he had 17,000 tweets 
and none of them mm. were larger, longer than five or ten words. All he would say would be like, turn up, you know, smoke this. He would repeat a rap lyric, and then he, if he mm-hmm. wasn't getting responses on his tweets, he would get off. He would be upset. He'd be like, nobody's, nobody's following me on Twitter. Nobody's following me on Twitter. I didn't get any responses on Twitter. And so he would tweet more and more, but it was nothing. And by the time he left, mm-hmm. it's like he didn't listen to anything I said. By the time he left, after eight months, he had accrued another eight to 10,000 tweets of nothing. But he couldn't mm-hmm. stop, right? He was constantly checking, did someone like it? Did someone retweet me? Someone favor me. Then he was going to all these other retweet me. If you get this, this if you tap this, I'll retweet you. You'll get ten thousand likes. He was going after all of those, and it was like he was he was obsessed and tied to that phone, to the validation, the energy that he was getting from knowing that somebody was watching him, even if it was mm-hmm. meaningless and all it was was a click on the phone button. Another energy vampire. Well, I, you know, I mean, there was one, there was a, uh, it was a clip I I watched on Facebook, and it was a young uh, gentleman that talked about the um, drug-like comparison Mm -hmm. of the Internet and something like um, cocaine. And basically what he was trying to explain was that, you know, we, we have laws that says that you can't do this and you can't do that as far as drugs con- are concerned. But we have no no laws against the Internet. And they found that those retweets and those attention that you're getting, you know, mm-hmm. and those people mm-hmm. hitting you back and everything, it's like a drug. And your brain processes, processes it like a drug. So you're constantly pulling in. So we have... You know, internet, literally internet junkies, where your whole existence and your whole self-worth is based off how many tweets did you get. And, you know, and you're right. absolutely correct because I watch the internet, you know, and there's a couple times I, ha- I have a Skype, and every once in a while I'll get a uh, something from a stranger, you know, oh, I, I liked your picture or this, that, and the other, let's connect. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, and then you'll look right. at them and it's like, oh, they have 20 and 30,000 followers and they're just so popular and, you know, different things like this. And you're like, wait a minute, where is the outside connection? Where are the, you know, like you said, walking out in nature, detaching and this, that, and the other, but you're so, you know what I mean, you're stuck on that, you know, literally just for lack of a better word, you're stuck on that pipe. You can't let it right. go. Right. You know what I mean? And there, therein it sucks every bit of energy, and it starts to define who you think you are. And that well, definitely becomes a problem. I have definitely seen people who say, you know, uh, in terms of the sexy dress on Instagram thing, or if you're going out and you're wearing very revealing clothes that clearly show off your assets that are meant to be sexual. And everybody knows what that is. is you know, we all can have a, mm-hmm. we can ooze sexiness 
without being damn near mm-hmm. naked. And now it's certainly your right to be damn near naked, and most of the people who are doing it have wonderful bodies, which is why they're doing it. But mm-hmm. my challenge to you is because people say, well, I am healthy. I have great self-esteem, and that's why I post these pictures of myself. Well, look to see how much if nobody sees your picture, nobody comments and likes on it, and you were showing everything up to your nipples, do you still feel cool? If you still feel cool and you're taking the picture for yourself and you're just enjoying sharing your lusciousness with the world, then cool. Mm-hmm. But if you start to feel, then like, well, dang, why didn't anyone like that outfit or why didn't I get any, then that's an indicator that you are actually medicating or seeking for that energy to come back to you. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about knowing thyself and understanding how we're operating, how we are exchanging energy with the world around us. That's what it boils mm-hmm. down to. And if you've done your check, your systems check, and all systems are go, then high five to you. Now, I will say I've posted several articles about the whole gamification, and gamification is one of the ways that our brains, uh, the people who create products and services know more about our brain function and behavior than we do. That's why they call it television programming and marketing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I saw a couple of those articles that talked about the online games that we pay through Facebook and through connection and how they are metered, just like pushing that bump bump like you said on your little medicine on your little IV drip. They are metered to uh-huh. give you reward, drug-like feelings. And I had to cut myself cold turkey because Candy Crush, Candy Crush Soda, oh my Candy Crush the <laughs> other one, and then Ruzzle, they were sucking time from me and I was happy to give it to them but when I ended those exchanges I didn't have anything once I wasn't playing anymore the reward oh yeah I got the reward it was gone and I lost three hours because they're engineered to make you give more time than what you think and I would always say oh, I've never spent a dollar you know I knew people who spent real money on Farmville and I was feeling proud of myself because I was like I've never spent a dollar on such and such but then I read an article I was like yeah you didn't spend a dollar but if you've been doing something else for the hours that you spent on Candy Crush and I realized I was at like level 383 on one of the soda or something like that and I could not get past 383, and it was something like two months that I had been working to get past this level, and I had to calculate how many hours did I really give this game to get to level 383, and I know people who are levels 1,800. How much yes. time and how bad am I at this game, first of all, but how much time did I give to this game just not even realizing that that's what I was doing. And I had to adjust, and I quit cold turkey. And even now, if I see somebody's phone, one of my friends will play with their phone, and what I do, I'd be like, oh, let me play just one more game. Let me play one more game because I'm in the vampire. The vampire got me. Mm-hmm. So I, now I know I have a weak vein. I have to keep myself protected where my weaknesses are, and I'm particularly prone to Dan Candy Crush now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I have your candy. No, you can't come 
coming in today. You know what I'm saying? Not even a peep. You mm-hmm. can't put your toe in the door of the house because I know Candy Crush will be there for some time. It'll be hard for me to dislodge him, you know. Right, right. And it is definitely it's about self-maintenance. But, and again, it's looking yourself in the mirror and seeing, am I willingly giving my energy up? And, you know, and that's another thing, another dynamics of it. Are you willingly giving your energy up? Are you willingly giving your energy to someone else? You know, like you said, they're attracted to you. They know who they are. They they know who your victims are. So, you know, I mean, it is important to make sure that you are balanced so that you don't become a victim. And if you are a victim, how you release yourself from that victimhood. You know, and it's just simply knowing your energy and knowing how to protect it. And like you said, well, you know. I kind of feel like, well, I, let's say I kind of feel like rather than necessarily being a victim, we're all susceptible rather than a victim, right? We all mm-hmm. have an opportunity to experience vampire energy dynamics. And quite frankly, there are things that are more skilled. You know, employers are big entities, and fighting against the grain of what their way of doing business is is very challenging. So we're not necessarily mm-hmm. a victim, but we can be susceptible to it if they, and the the system is very good at making you have susceptibilities, be it financial susceptibility, mm-hmm. underpaying you so that you live in a credit dynamic. They tell you it's normal, and they tell money. you to accept right. it. Mhm, right. mhm. And you're so, right. Like, you they, know, we're all susceptible until we're not, and even then we might be susceptible, but we're aware. So. Awareness, again, is nine-tenths of the battle. If you can learn what your energy feels like, and many of us may not even know what it feels like to have good balance because normal for us, like you said, you grew up having to deal with energy vampires a lot. We may not have ever actually known what it feels like to have all of Mm -hmm. our energy (laughs) contained and in a healthy dynamic. Right. <laughs> and so learning yeah, and even with my, what that looks yeah, like, even, you know, as a baseline. Mm-hmm. Right, and I definitely agree because it was even though I, 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 I was able to identify, it took me a minute to be able to readjust myself to deal with it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I see it. I know it. You know what I mean? But how do – it It was a learning process in how I learned to protect myself. And as you said, you know, cutting people off, you know, and that's the mm-hmm. part of thing. Oh, what will happen if I cut that person off? Well, I think that you get better, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're so right. afraid to let go, you know, and I think that a lot of us miss – miss the warning signs of it, you know what I mean? And by the time we, we figure it out, we're so vested into it right. that it's hard to let go, you know what I mean? So everything is, a you know, a, a truly, truly a learning process and, you know, moving right. forward and protecting yourself but also educating, every, you know, other people. 
like you said, some people don't even realize that they're energy vampires. And tonight they figured out they were, you know, you gave them a look in the mirror and said, well, that would be me. You know, and making the adjustment. No, I definitely believe that, you know, and that was one of the things when you talk, when you put the post up about today, tonight's subject, I was like, oh, my goodness, do we need to talk about this? You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people walking around who are dealing with that issue, but there are a lot of people who are walking around that are doing that and have and don't even realize that that's what they're doing. Right. You know, we're so uneducated on so many different things, you know what I mean? And I can attest to that because of my education and my journey and understanding how to deal with the energy that I possess. And it's like as I get more and more educated on how to um, manage myself, I'm also awakened to those who are still struggling, you know, and more of a push to say, come on, come, come, let me show you what's going on and let me help you get past this, you know, because you can use that, you can reverse it and and it can be a, a powerful thing. Well, absolutely. One of the best things that we can do in terms of any form of learning is to be the example, right? So if you are a person who has healthy boundaries, I have one good friend who for a long time I just had to observe her because her boundaries were high and firm. Well, much higher and firmer than mine, and she would bring to my attention where I was being wishy-washy, as she like to say, a punk, <laughs> right? So, like, uh-huh. observing her, you know, some of her ways were not suitable for me, and I didn't adapt them because I felt like they were still, you know, that's her. But it certainly uh-huh. helped me see when I would observe how she responded to situations and how I would feel about situations that I maybe didn't respond to. And that was a good Mm -hmm. way for me to then learn by observing. So everything always goes back. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, you don't know until you don't know something different until you're shown something different. You know, I can go on a routine, you know, and that's all I knew. And that's all I've been taught. And then I'll look at something or I see somebody and they'll handle a situation differently. And I'm looking like, okay, I didn't know I could even handle it that way. Now, granted, like you said, you had to adjust it to fit you. But you were able to see a different way in how to handle it. And I think that's so important and so key to our movement. You know, if you're stuck in a routine because that's all you know, it's 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 almost a be- you know like an awakening to see another way to handle it. So that you know that that's excellent, and, you know, to have that. Well, I'll say sometimes there is no benchmark. Uh, there sometimes there is like we can between the two paths, 
looking at those mm-hmm. around us and seeing how people may be handling things in ways that we think we're more healthy or that we wish we could do. And sometimes there is no clear example, and we have to be willing to blaze a trail of individuality, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. At some point in time, somebody figured out, Garlic doesn't work, and they grabbed a wooden stake when the vampire came for him. And then after that, we all knew, okay, you can slay him with a wooden stake. But there was the first slayer. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to be willing to be the first slayer or the first person to figure out a trick. So it's a balance, Mm -hmm. you know, but it all starts from within you, right? Know your energy, Take salt water baths, rinse yourself off, carry grounding or repelling crystals, get yourself some organite, which I love. I would definitely recommend you check out um, Golden Era Creations, Sister Madiwa. She makes amazing organ energy devices, which help create a field around you. You can wear them or keep them in your office space. Learn what it feels like to be you then you have a baseline. And you may not have a good baseline at first because you maybe have been, like you said, in such dynamic and patterns and habits, but you know you feel tired and you know you feel drained. Yeah. So then start mm-hmm. to say one by one, day by day, how can I correct my energy today? First of all, let me speak my intention because our words are things of creation. So I release any attachments to the people, situations, and things that are not serving me or in my best interest, period. Right. That is a determining statement. So then your reality is framed by that. I release that. Then feel, Mm -hmm. okay, is my job... Is it my job getting me in balance today? Have I been spending a lot of mental time on on this situation outside of it? You you know, after you get that baseline, who am I? And what does Joelle feel like? What does Monica feel like? Then you can move forward. And it becomes very easy. You know, it might be two or three days that you realize, dang, I've been stressing about this project and I've been losing sleep at night. But you'll be aware Whereas before, you probably were just running on, well, this is just who I am. I worry at night. I don't get a lot of sleep. I keep lists. I'm always trying to, not realizing, oh, you've allowed something to become such a vampire that you have to be on it constantly as a way of maintenance. Right. So self-evaluation is the first thing. And then being Mm -hmm. willing to review Everything that you've brought into your reality, because we are manifestational beings, we are creating our reality as we go along. If we are not happy with friendships and if we're calling our other friend to complain about a friend that we just got off the phone with (laughs) or to de-stress or download from the friend we just got off the phone with, and it happens all the time, I mean, I've been unaware of that for times until somebody told me, look, I want to hear about so-and-so's, I think one of the people I was dating at one point in time, one of my friends was like, I don't want to hear nothing else about so-and-so and their family and their issues. I don't want to know about them. And I was like, oh, I guess I was. And then I realized, well, I don't really want to know about them either. They're not even the person I'm dating. And here I am. (laughs) I'm all involved in their tea. 
So, you know, it mm-hmm. took a little external prodding for me to realize, shit, I've been being vampired. I gave it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you but, can, you know, and that's why when that epiphany comes, you being, you know, again, in a relationship forever, and one moment it'll just click. Like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, this, and then isn't, when you this let, isn't good. Then the feeling of peace or the feeling of balance mm-hmm. can be foreign. Like some of us don't know what it would feel like except for the week vacation that we get. And even then we're in the back of our mind thinking about the pile of work and the emails that are going to be in our inbox when we get back to work that Monday after we've had a vacation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of us mm-hmm. don't know what it feels like to not have those uh, energetic imbalances, you know. But I would nice. encourage everybody that feels that they're trapped in a work situation that is absolutely imbalanced and unhealthy, you can shift yourself. There are other ways for you to earn your living. You may not see them yourself. But I promise you, if you set your vibration and intention, you can look up the law of attraction, and we'll probably talk about that on some of the shows in the future, but you can allow the universe to bring you an alternative. A lot of times we get frustrated because we're like, well, if I don't do such and such, then what am I going to do? How am I going to support myself? Mm -hmm. If I'm not friends with this person, who am I going to be friends with? If I don't have such and such, then how am I going to be able to show my face around my friends Mm -hmm. if I'm in last year's clothes, right? You can shift that dynamic completely over a period of time by using vibrational manifestation and a law of attraction to where you do find the job that allows you to be imbalanced, that, you, that allows mm-hmm. you to, you know, or the place to live to so that you don't have to commute as far or, you know, a way so you don't have to answer emails all evening till 10 o'clock at, at night every night, you know, for your employer. You just may not see it but you can start to ask for it to not be your way of life anymore. You can say it is going to be different, and it shall be so. It's just a matter of time and energetic focus. And as soon as you start to pull back mm -hmm. in those attachments and cut those cords, you'd be surprised at how much juice you get back for yourself. What do they say? When people get a blood transfusion... Mm-hmm. They go from looking gray to looking pink again. You know I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Life is back in. And, you know, that that isn't, you know, that hits me, you know, straight in my chest because I went through that similarly, you know, a similar situation last year with my job. You know, I worked it, and after like the first six months, I knew that, this morning likely was not a place where I was going to grow. Yes, I knew I had I was there for a reason and for a certain amount of time, but after a while when I started to look at, like you said, the commute, the, you know, the extraordinary desires of your um, management and different things, and I found myself coming home and just, you know, collapsing you know, and not wanting to do anything and, you know, asking, you know, God and my, you know, my God's like, what is going on here? What, what is this? What am I doing? And I 
try to change my mindset, you know, and everybody says, oh, change your mind and the way you're looking at things. And I'm like, no, I feel like from the moment that I walk into this place, it is just like sucking all the, you know, energy and everything. And by the time I get off, I'm spent, I'm tired, I'm mentally exhausted. And it came to a moment and I, you know, I went for almost a full year saying I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. And every morning I got up on time and was at work on time, gave 110% and came home and still felt the same way. And one morning I woke up and I knew that I couldn't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I knew that the balance wasn't there. I knew that the energy that I was putting out, that I was slowly but surely emptying. And I didn't have anything left to give. And one day I just said, I can't. And I'm not. And it's been it it's been a year. It's been a year now, almost literally to the date. And things aren't exactly the way I want want them to be. But the transformation has been eye opening. You know what I mean? Weight that was stubborn that I felt was stubborn. As soon as I left that office, just started melting away. Certain things that I kept my mind on, you talked about, um, you know, your concentration on, you know, even games and everything just to help yourself detach. I didn't need those anymore. You know what I mean? I could find other things to do with my time and with my thoughts. And it was one of the most liberating things for me because I made a decision on what I knew was good for me even if nobody understood it. You know, people will tell you, oh, mm-hmm. just stay and just work it out and this, that, and the other. And you are slowly but surely strangling the death. And mm-hmm. you don't even realize yeah. that you're holding the rope. You're literally right. holding the rope and strangling yourself to death. And all you have to do is poop. Well, you open your vein. You open your vein up and say, yeah. okay, here's my life force, you know. Yeah. And you have, you have the power to, to stop it. One thing I wanted to call to mind as we're ending the last little segment here is also about the things in our home and our environment can also be energy vampires. Yes, for example, mm-hmm. I found myself after my divorce or separation, divorce, living in a house that it was just the two of us the whole time, but it was, you know, like 3,000 square feet. It was with two or three bedrooms, a full living room, dining room, two and a half bathrooms, two car garage, yard, all these things, right? But it was just the two of mm-hmm. us pottering around inside there. And so what would happen is mail would pile up on the dining room table. And then, you know, things would shift from room to room as just stories, basically. We actually were only living in, like, maybe two rooms of the house. The bedroom, because there's a TV in there, and then the kitchen area, and then the family room. So out of all the spaces that were in there, formal dining room, formal living room, wasn't using it. Uh-huh. The yard. We didn't have a pool. We didn't have a patio set, but we had a yard that needed to be maintained. So 
Mm-hmm. What I learned to do is that it took a lot of time, and I know many people who say, oh, my God, it took me half the day Saturday to get all the chores done and to get the house together and to get this, that, and the other. But when you look at what are you actually utilizing, what are you wearing in your clothes? What objects are you using in your garage or kitchen or space? We're constantly storing pieces of material energy. Those things represent the money that we spent on them, which represent the amount of labor that we use to earn those things, and we get attached to them, and they wind up then filling up our reality and requiring our time care, and attention. And as we enter the fall season, uh, you know, Libra is um, birthday season now, so last month was our kind of 12th house, and 12th house is where you kind of review everything, clear your closets, clean your clutter, get yourself dusted off for your new year. A lot of people will do that as we enter towards the new year, January 1st. They'll go ahead and start to send stuff to Goodwill or have a garage sale and things like that, but we should be constantly looking at our environment because there are ways to recover your time from those things uh, because they mm-hmm. are, you know, energetic vampires. They truly are. You know, if you're not well, in using the same it. Sense, in the same sense, could you look at doing that same thing as far as yourself mentally and spiritually, like, like you're saying – you're going through a purge and getting rid of the things that you don't that you don't need that are no longer particularly valuable to you at that moment. So we talk about the physical things. So could you look at doing the same thing in a spiritual sense? You absolutely have to look at that first. You have to look at that first because if you haven't cleared Say, you know, you had an issue of where your parents were financially unstable as a child Mm -hmm. and you experienced a period of homelessness or your world was shifted because there was a job loss and you felt insecure. Mm -hmm. You may not have even known the nuances at eight or nine. So Mm -hmm. when you get older then, you find yourself then surrounding yourself with all the things that – make you feel secure or you wind up working a job or employer that is very demanding but it pays you because you're like, well, I'll never not be unemployed. You know, I'll always have a job. I will never experience this insecurity. And your fear can keep you attached to those things. Uh, So if you, Mm -hmm. you know, you might try to weed out your closet, weed out your house or change your job and that triggers the fear inside of you where you're like, wait a second, wait a second, I need to go shopping. I just need something new. Or I need to do this, or I need a bigger house, or I need, you know, I need to work some overtime, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, if it's fear-based. So you have to clear your own stuff or at least be willing to clear them both at the same time as you're looking at all the things that you have going on. But the nice part okay. about affirming words and affirming statements of intention is, you don't always have to have an awareness of everything that is going to be scooped up when you declare that you're scooping. So you can say, I release all of these things, people, places, and things that no longer serve me. And if you're infusing that with your actual energy of willingness, 
then those things mm-hmm. will start to recede from your life. And, you know, you say okay. that with confidence and power and joy, and next thing you know, you you might let go of something you didn't even realize that you were doing as a way to, in that okay. part where you were being a vampire, starts to be lessened mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So basically what you're saying is that th- that first purge, starts with you. Everything starts with everything. What is that? It's your world. <laughs> it's truly our world. Like we are creating and living in our reality on a constant basis. And just mm-hmm. some of us are doing it with an awareness, and some of us have not yet come into awareness of actually how powerful we truly are to uh, sculpt what it is, sometimes we're just passengers, mm-hmm. and at some point we wake up and we take the driver's seat, and sometimes it's kind of like being thrown into a stick shift car with no training education. You get a little herky-jerky, and <laughs> you might kill it on a hill, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, uh, <laughs> but you know, most people would prefer not to be in the passenger seat again once they learn that they are driving their car. And most of us, we think we're in the passenger seat with our employer. We may think that we're in the passenger seat with a friend or a lover or a loved one or a more family dynamic. We may feel that we're in the passenger seat, but that's generally an incorrect statement. We always have that second set of brakes and steering wheel that we can, or we could just open the door and roll the hell out. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. We say I'm out. You're not kidnapping me. I'm out. You might be a little bruised up. But Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know what I mean, uh, I jest a little bit with it, but it really is so much of what you said, that victim mentality. Well, not necessarily Mm -hmm. victims. That's why I pushed back against that word a little bit. We can be susceptible, but uh, we can be victimized by things, certainly, but that does not necessarily make us a victim mentality, you know, and one of the well, victim I always feel mentalities like is the victim. Go ahead. The, when you say the victim say mentality. A, a victim personality you... is like a vampire in and of itself because that's the person who mm-hmm. is always like, oh, the world is happening to me or at me, and I have no control, right. and woe is me. Look how terrible my life is and the things that have happened. That's a victim mentality. Not being victimized, mm-hmm. that actually happens, you know, and we oftentimes mm-hmm. don't have control over that, you know what I mean? But how we respond right. and going forward is where we become victims rather than people who experience the situation, you know. Right. And then you go from in the next stage of victimization is survivor. One of the things that I I have um, really gathered a lot of thought to as I deal, you know, dealing with um I deal with, I volunteer for a rape crisis center. And it's, um, you're right, people get stuck in their victimhood and sometimes forget or don't even acknowledge the fact that you're a survivor. You're here. You were able to, you know, I mean, you survived it. You know, you this happened to you. You know, same thing like uh, Donnie McClurkin, we fall down, but we get up. But the key is releasing the victim portion of it and embracing the survivor. And well, I, I, I feel like say. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying that 
from victim to survivor, most people are like, oh, I survived a vampire attack. Look at these little marks on my neck, girl. You know, it was in the house. I didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. They didn't kill me. Thank God I survived. I'll be okay. Just make sure I put my protection up. It's not getting back in the house. That's the now, one. Now, there level. you go. But, there it is. But what I, wanna encourage, what I want to encourage mm-hmm. people to do is move from that to thriver. Okay, so we want to not just survive, we want to thrive. And so we can do that by being tuned in to self all the time Mm -hmm. and knowing our own energy, take our temperature every day, make sure that we know where our energy is, put in practices such as the saltwater baths, the clearing intentions and meditations and, and stuff that return our energy to ourselves. Um, so once you put in discipline, practices, and awareness, that's when you move to the place out of surviving to actually then one day you look up and you're like, oh, my goodness, I am actually thriving. I have all the relationships that I like. I feel the exchange of energy is balanced. I have an employer who values me and I enjoy my time spent with them or I am my own boss and I'm enjoying that return on my energy because I'm only giving that energy to the things that I choose. I have the things that I need to make me feel comfortable, but I'm not giving too much energy to material possessions or tasks and things that are not giving energy back to me. That's when we're in a place of thriving, and that is the whole goal of living in awareness with yourself and being in the driver's seat is to be in that vibration. And, you know, that is one of the goals of this show is to elevate your vibration and empower you with information that you find helpful. And conversations like this, I think, do a lot of that So I am very glad that everyone tuned in this evening. We had several people listening online. I appreciate your time uh, this evening. Now, next week on the Vibrarian Show, actually in two weeks, I'm going to have a conversation about uh, the DMT journey. Now, for those of you who don't know, DMT is a, a chemical, they say it opens up the brain that's mostly dormant. Uh, Joe Rogan's got a really good documentary out there on Netflix about DMT. Uh, We're going to talk about the ways that DMT is experienced through the ayahuasca or medicine path, uh, SAPO, which is frog medicine, peyote, and what actually happens in those experiences and why everybody's off down having these little awakening type experiences in the jungle that it's all the hot thing to do these days. And I've had a couple of experiences myself last year while I was in Mexico, and I'm bringing on some people who are shamans and medicine, a medicine man, a shaman, and a couple of people who have actually experienced various forms of psychedelic journey. So I hope that you will definitely tune back in for those uh, episodes. I think that's, like I said, in about two weeks. Now, I'm here every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday is the Psychic Inside Show. And this week coming up, my guest is Dr. Shahrazad Taylor, who is a Um, She was the owner of uh, Synchronicity Bookstore, which is a metaphysical bookstore that was here in Atlanta just until last year. Very knowledgeable, wise um, 
live practitioner, and she'll be on the show on Tuesday. And then a week following, I have uh, Nick Lawton, who is the younger brother of Bo Lawton. Bo is a psychic who's appeared on this show, and both of them have participated in the Elevation Station events that I host here in the Atlanta area. They're amazing, clear psychic readers and channels, and uh, Nick is going to be on the show sharing his story on Tuesday, a week from this coming Tuesday. I definitely would love if you connect with me on The Vibrarian on Facebook where we can continue the conversation. I also want to make sure that I thank my sponsors. This is member-supported radio, I guess kind of like public broadcasting. And during the month of September, I was sponsored by Speak Natural Hair Design and the Fillmore Center for Rehabilitation and Wellness. So I would like to thank the owners, uh, Kyrie Fillmore and then Stacey uh, Mullen and Mia Quincy of Speak Natural Hair Design for their continued support of this program. If you're interested in having sponsorship yourself for future episodes, just send me a message on Facebook. Until next week we meet again, I just want to wish you all of the abundance that you can possibly hold to overflowing until it spills out onto the ground and to those around you because that's the kind of world that we're living in. I honor the light in you as it is a reflection of the light in me and all things. And so namaste. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.